Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Welcome to the Dirt Show. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. All right, we're down to the last few days before Christmas. Thank God we can kind of get this shit over with. Well, we were out there this weekend. I'm sure everybody's experiencing this, but there's a shit ton of people out there. I was ridiculous at the mall. All us guys are out there trying to do our last minute hidden shopping sprees that we hate to do. Yeah. Last minute. But, you know, there was really nothing that was out of stock. But like you said, we were not getting anything special. No, we weren't. If you don't, if you're not looking for a specialty toy, it's easy to find what you're looking for. Therein so, lies the deal. Yeah. <laughs> but we're there and we're almost done. All this pressure that it's put on parents and people to spend money and stuff. It's just, it's ridiculous. Makes me feel weird. I actually, um, this weekend when we, yesterday before we went, um, I, we had to stop by the Crown Market. And uh, a lady was in there saying that her daughter came home from her dad's house and had gotten a new iPhone 11. And she's like, oh, honey, I don't work at an iPhone 11 budget. So I ain't bringing you home an iPhone 11 for Christmas. Why don't we go make a gift for each other? Because that's what I can afford right now. And I'm like, this whole competition of the best present, the most expensive gift, it's just starting to get out of hand. We can't... Especially when you got a gang of kids yeah. <laughs> like us. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's, no, no. Mm-mm. iPhone 11s for four kids. That's like a $700 a month bill. Uh, more I mean, than just that. The phone bill. Uh, just the phone bill. We have a friend that pays, what, 1200 to $1,400 <laughs> a month in a phone bill? Ridiculous. Well, like I said, we're almost there and it's, it's almost over, but we, you know, have a good time with it. You know, really, I hope that if you don't, you know, if we don't put that kind of pressure on ourselves that maybe we can have a good time on those days. Um, but you know, people celebrate it different ways too. Like people celebrate it in religious ways. Some people celebrate it just to be with family. Some people celebrate the football that they get to watch. Some people say, fuck it and decide to go on a vacation, smoke a lot of weed. I like to do that. That's my way of honoring the Christmas spirit. Stop by your local dispensary and stock up for the holiday. Yeah, I had a lot of people doing that too. Actually, I've had a lot of people stocking up to go on vacation and Well, and a lot of people are out there on the road on vacation, you know, it's kind of slowed down around here too. People are starting to take off these farms and farmers that work hard. This is kind of their time where they kind of slow down and take this a couple is, weeks vacation, really. This is the dead zone right now. This is it's cold. So, so you don't have much that you got to plant and if you no. do, it's inside and it's kind of easy to maintain in there yeah and you know so we're (laughs) we're slowing down too we're trying to enjoy the slower time uh you know we're being the psychoactive culture i really wanted to kind of have a different episode this time uh something related with the psychoactive part with christmas and one you know one of those things is is mushrooms Mm -hmm. christmas in terms of how these 
odd type, uh, these traditions have come around, whether it be Santa, Santa Claus, you know, what Santa, Santa the, the presents, the sleigh, the reindeer. There's, there's numerous, numerous legends. There's different places of the world that have different versions of it. Different things have adopted it over time. You know, religion has adopted it. Uh, you know, people have different uh, speculations and theories about where it's come from. Like, uh, you know, there's speculation with the paganism and, you know, winter solstice and how that, you know, that particular religion, if you call it that, um, uh, you know, handled that time of the year, right. which included like burning trees and stuff and giving gifts and stuff. So, but then you look at other parts of the world and there's a lot of other different uh, tribes and societies that have um, their own beliefs. Well, not only their own beliefs, but kind of their own version that this whole thing is kind of mm -hmm. culminated, to, culminated to in society. If you look back and this is kind of what we want to talk about is this, this special mushroom we'll call Amanita muscaria. So Amanita muscaria, or the trippy mushroom, as they say, uh, it's also known as fly agaric. And mm -hmm. the reason they call that is over in Europe, well, a lot of places now, but you can mix pieces of the mushroom and put it in like milk and uh, it, it flies get attracted to it. We should try this shit because flies get attracted to it. It makes them loopy and they kind of just fall over and hmm. kind of stumble around until they die. Uh, so it's, it's a, I guess what you'd call a pesticide. <laughs> that, <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, it's something that, um, you know, it's not being cultivated. You know, it's not being farmed. I don't know that it can be right now. They're, they do, they have some studies on it and stuff, but very limited. It is a legal psychoactive. Because you can't make it stop growing where it grows. <laughs> well, not, well, no, psilocybin is illegal. So you can't just yes. go out and pick out nature. And That's what I'm saying though, is that, is that, Am Amanita. Amanita. I, I was trying to read it upside down. Amanita. Uh, we saw them at the coast. Right, but we could also we could also see uh, cubensis off the side of the road too. Yes, and those are still illegal. They're still illegal. But amanitas aren't. So we could come out of the forest with a handful of amanitas, drive home, and be safe. Yes, you can't do that with. Uh, you go out into a cow pasture and pick a bunch of cubensis and put them in a bag. You're going to get in trouble. Yes, I see what you mean. Okay, that's that's strange that they could do that. So it is the legal psychedelic. And it starts out as the ibotanic acid, which is the precursor to muscimol, which is the actual psychedelic, which is not illegal, the muscimol. Mm -hmm. And that happens through the decarb process, much like cannabis. So heating, drying, you know, uh, consuming it even will break it down, decarb it, and cause it to have the psychoactive properties. Mm -hmm. It's been in our culture for, I don't know, in depth. I mean, we don't really know. They have old stones and carvings and ruins and stuff that have references to what look like Amanitas. Right. Uh, you know, 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. Uh, and these tribes, they know that a lot of these tribes, like I said, especially like in the Siberian region and then also up uh, the northwestern part of Europe, which is like Norway, Sweden, Finland. Yeah. These mushrooms grow there uh, wild. Well, they do in the Pacific Northwest, you know, like we were just saying, you know, you can go to the coast in fall or, you know, spring mm -hmm. uh, after a nice cool night and the sunny morning and you can find them just growing everywhere. Off the side of the road. Off the side. Well, we found that one we took a picture of. It was almost damn near the size of a dinner plate. Yeah, it was right off the side of the I mean, road when we were you heading. You get a lot of people high with that. Past botanical gardens. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it was, it, and it looked like actually a pretty mature one. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing about them is that they, they vary with the different, there's uh, several species and some are, are deadly and not psychedelic. Like you want to be careful of the Amanita, the Panthera, I think is how they say it. I think it's the purple variety. Anyway, uh, those are highly deadly. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful with this type of stuff. And and we don't, you know, I don't recommend you doing any of this stuff without research and being safe because there is, you know, there could be some potential bad things that could happen right. with this kind of mushroom. But uh, it has been incorporated through these old civilizations, really. Um, and it mostly seemed like it was through their shamanism. So like the, you know, we see the Vikings, we talked about how the tree of life is in reference to a birch tree. Mm-hmm. And that tree of life for the Vikings and for the 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 people in, in that area of Europe, you know, these mushrooms, not only they had the tender mushroom that grew out of these trees and also this Amanita. Mm-hmm. The tender mushroom would keep you warm. You could build fires with it. You can build helmets out of it, stuff like that. And then the Amanita provided kind of all the religious components. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of went hand in hand with the birch tree because both those mushrooms grow with birches and pines, of course, too. But uh, really just went hand in hand with them as far as the tree of life part. The tie in with that is that just like over in Siberia, they had reindeers and these shamans and cold weather. And uh, it kind of broke down to where, well, do you want to talk about the shamans like over in uh, Europe there where they would go out? The legend was... They would. <laughs> I was like, do you want me to tell <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> Good. Um, in other words, it would be too snowy, uh, so they couldn't go through the front door when they would pull up, um, and he would be riding in a sleigh pulled by reindeer. He would go through the... Uh, um, now, keep in mind that reindeer, though, were a big part of these cultures. They were food, you know, they provided skin. Mm-hmm. And so these reindeer also preferred Amanitas, too. And mm-hmm. they'd be eating that shit, and that's too. A different, that's a different tale with a different tribe, funny right. enough. But mm-hmm. most likely it was the same thing with this tribe. But sure, this tribe, specifically, the it was the guy that was dressed up in a red and white robes. And he would come and he would drop through their, um, what the hell is it? Chimneys. <laughs> Chimney. There we you know, go. Santa there. Claus. Well, it's a... Um, I almost said fire escape. <laughs> they won't wrong, come through the fire escape. No, wrong millennium. They no, won't wrong come century. through their chimney. Um, but they would go down through the chimney because that was the only way he could go through. And he would have in his little satchel, he would have cookies of basically a round substance is what it was. So it was like they believe it was Amanita. They believed he had mushrooms with him. Yes, had mushrooms with him. And he would eat it. And the the uh, reindeer would also eat it. And in this whole thing, it never really says that he gave them out, but I'm pretty sure he gave them out because that's what they were as gifts in his backpack most of the time. But when the guy had discussed it, he had said that it was he and the reindeer would eat them. And that's why it seemed like they were flying. I'm guessing they were all eating them. And that's why they thought Santa was flying. Right, right. I think the gist of it was, is that, you know, he'd come down the chimney and the whole purpose of this shaman person visiting was that people had things going on in their life. It might be like back in this time, it might be, uh, you know, someone put a hex on your house Mm -hmm. or or, your neighbor or put a spell on you or cursed you or something was going on in your life or you needed some improvement in some spot or whatever. And so the shaman, so to speak, would Santa Santa is 
you know, what we quote unquote, keep in mind, this is all speculation. This is stuff that a lot of people agree on as far as a theory, but this is nothing proof. We don't have any written knowledge of this This stuff. This has just been to stockpile of who our Santa is today. Kind of. Yeah. What it's kind of how it's it's, like the main theme of how it was started. Yeah. So, but these people uh, would have these issues. And so the shaman would be coming to visit their house dead of winter down the chimney bringing these gifts of Amanitas. And I believe people would leave gifts out for Santa of Amanitas. No, they, he, they would leave out. This is one of the reasons they would leave out meat that they had collected over the years right. that they had, that they were specializing fatty in fatty meat, which is why they said that Santa was not Santa, but the shaman was heavier. So he had a bowl full of jelly because, you know, as a stomach, oh, because um, of the fatty meat. Yeah, because that. of the fatty mm-hmm. meat, and then the reason why he was red is because they say when you take amanitas that you get sweaty red, and then you get blotchy, so you become look you look like you're the mushroom. But they say right. that's why he had the red cheeks and the red nose as well, is because he was He's always eating, eating amanitas. Amanitas. Now the amanitas would help him be able to fly. Same with the reindeer. The reindeer would eat the amanitas. Mm-hmm. Santa's getting his his amanita mushroom binge on yep, and it's making him fly. And you can see with these psychedelics, how this could easily, you know, trans just mm-hmm. really flow right into this kind of a story. Well, and so what he does when he'd take off is that, and here was, is where the North and South pole comes into play is that Santa would go up North. Okay. And he would talk with these gods or spirits or whatever, and, you know, would he be up north doing that for you, trying to get the answers? Or would he be down south, which was symbolic of basically in your soul, right down south in the earth, down in your soul. And But the travel in between is where he'd meet these spirits. Elves. Yes. These spirits, which would then help him in his quest to help you. And those spirits. Which all goes back to the tree of life. It shows that. Right. With the Norse tree of life. Right. Yes. And so people think that those spirits that were helping Santa along the way were as quote unquote elves were have moved into being elves. Exactly. Which is all really, really interesting. Um, because there's, like I said, there's different points of view, Germanic people, Germany had these different versions of Santa Claus. Uh, the Vikings, you know, related. They go- tried to say the berserkers. For, well, we'll talk about that. But like yeah. the Vikings would say that Santa was really uh, their god Odin. So mm-hmm. there was some belief in that. And you could see similarities with the clothes he was wearing. So, I mean, again, this speculation in all this is kind of just taking from different parts of the world, making this one kind of big story that it is today. Mm-hmm. But yes, the Vikings. So the Vikings, there's speculation that berserkers back in the day with the Vikings, they would land on these islands or they'd land on these, you know, beaches and they'd come and they'd flood in and they'd rape, plunder and pillage and take your women with them. And to do that, they would supposedly get these bands together and they'd have these religious ceremonies and they would eat Amanitas and before they'd go into battle, the berserkers right. would. And again, going back they to say, Right, they say. And going back to the fact that Amanitas make you feel like one of the biggest side effects under a trip of Amanitas is that you go for for the sensory feeling of being really big and huge Mm -hmm. to being really small and compact and back and forth. Can be a little, I I hear, pretty intense. But the fact is it kind of relates back to the Vikings wanting to be bigger, stronger, and, you know, crazier, whatever, in battle. And uh, so this... It goes to say that they would take this stuff and then go into battle. But then at the flip side, there was the side effects of it would make you very lethargic 
and make you tired and make you have diarrhea. So he well, says that is also not a good way to want to go into battle. Okay, so this is a good point. So I wouldn't want to shit my pants going into battle. That's for sure. No, and one of the biggest things with Amanitas, and, and unless you know exactly the mushroom you are ingesting right there for sure, uh, there can be different potency levels. There can be uh, so many different factors. And also, like I said, some mushrooms have more of the deadly part of the poison in these species than the psychedelic part. Mm -hmm. So it's really a kind of a, you just gotta be careful. Right. So if you were to take this before battle and it's in its form like that, just raw off the ground or whatever, yeah, I'm sure it could be uh, not real good for battle. Um, I know from my experience with other types of mushrooms that it does make me lethargic. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard stories from people now uh, that have taken Amanitas that it does make them lethargic. So I would truly believe that's, but here's my answer to that. And, and a lot of speculation rests on this is that it's well known, especially with the shamans back in those days that you could, as a shaman, ingest those mushrooms, your body breaks down all the toxins, but it doesn't break down the psychedelic portion, the, the muscimol. So you literally will, as a host, that first person will break all that bad stuff down and you suffer it. You suffer all the vomiting and the nasty and the headache or whatever happens, but then everybody drinks your piss and mm -hmm. everybody else doesn't have to suffer the bad stuff. They just get all the good psych part. Right. So there is speculation that before those raids that they would, someone would take the, some would take the, the beating for them and then right. everybody would drink their piss. Same with shamanism. It was said that like, you know, one of the biggest things with these older, older cultures that had the reindeers because the reindeer liked them so much and the reindeer were so much of a part of them that they would have the reindeer eat them and then they drink the reindeer piss. Yes. And that, that story was actually pretty cool too, because they, he was talking about how, um, in order to get the reindeer to move because the reindeer had to move every season because they didn't want to stay, of course. Well, they would move their grounds. And so in order to get their reindeer to move to different grounds, they would have to entice them with Amanitas. So they would like have a to make trail. a tail trail, yeah. an Amanita trail, a fungus trail all the way to the next place. And then they'd get them there. Well, they did say that you wanted men needed to be careful going to the bathroom outside because the reindeer would push you over to get to your urine. They well, would, they had to be careful, yeah, because yeah. they freaking. I'm sure they could smell that shit for. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, and then they would also they would drink it, they would drink it as it was coming out of the other reindeer, even because of the fact that it was like recycling out of that reindeer as well. Yeah, and so there was like issues of even that happening. Right, like you literally have to fend yourself off from the reindeer and themselves off from each other, just because it seems that reindeer do have a affinity for whatever it does to them. Mm -hmm. I would imagine they're either not affected by the poison part of it, like we are, or they're just, it doesn't bother them or something because mm -hmm. it seems like they do eat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's interesting because it seems like that would be the smart way to go. These guys probably knew that from way back and they're just like, no, how about we take the, who draws the shortest straw. Right. And that's like their entire, that's, that's like their entire livelihood. Those people is that their reindeer is everything. So they like breed them like we do cattle and they keep them around and it's like, they're part of the family, but they will eat them and use their, 
they were use their hides as clothing and well, stuff in the end. Exactly. That's yeah. the, that's a really big thing there is that these reindeer were literally incorporated to everything. It, it, they that was their food, that was their clothes. That's how they made it. That was their pets. That's a, that's how they, they made it. That yeah. was it, just like the buffalo back in the day with the natives. It's like that's that's how they made it for the longest time is the animals and everything that was around them. The buffalo helped them to make their hides and their teepees and all of that. Sure. That's what these reindeer are to them. Which is interesting because if you look at the way we've evolved from like the Amanitas, because I, I do want to talk about this sociologically, anthropologically speaking, Amanitas seem to be one of the very first psychedelic mushrooms that were ever brought up that we can see, that we can find in these archaeological spots and stuff. Mm -hmm. But at some point we had to have experimented with other mushrooms. And it seems like Cubensis came along at some point. And it's interesting to know that when you come from these higher mountainous areas with the conifers and the pines that grow up in a little bit higher areas, and you have all these Amanitas growing, and then you come down into these pasture lands and you have people starting to tame cows and use cows for agriculture and for food and stuff like that, just like they would reindeer. Well, these cows are down in these lower valleys and stuff. And that's where a lot of these Cubensis, psilocybin, these Cubensis, come from is these cow patties we all mm -hmm. know that and so there's is some speculation that like especially in india where they would lead these cows into these pasture lands they had to have come across these these cubensis mm -hmm. and i think that at some point it became the more preferred way because the you know the other types of psychedelic mushrooms like the cubensis were not poisonous you could take them and have a heavy trip without the bad side effects mm -hmm. And interesting enough, think about this, like in India, where this practice was popular, cows are looked at as like gods. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a correlation there, right? Where mushrooms coming, growing from these cow patties that originally were from trees, from tree of life. Now it's these cows, cows are Full producing. Circle. That's why, you know, so who knows? Again, again, this is all speculation, but it's interesting to, to dive into. But, and then also think about it, peyote, it's just... Honestly, think about all the stuff that came from like it's been around for for ages, ages. And we the natives were the highest motherfuckers. Well, I think all these older cultures, I, I think a lot all of high motherfuckers for a long <laughs> time. I mean, well, think about this with these cultures like the I, which tribe was it? Was it the Sami, which is the North European or was it the Chukchi? Chukchi. The Chukchi are the Siberian hinterland folk. The Sami... The Sami Sa are the ones. Sami or Sami, both. They're the ones with the, the Santa. Yes, those yes. are the Northwestern European folks, which is more of the uh, Finland, Norway, mm -hmm. Sweden, Viking. See, the Vikings, we're talking the the, the Chuk Chukchi. <laughs> those were the original folks up in that area mm -hmm. uh, of Northern Europe. What happened is the Vikings weren't the, the OGs, right? No. The, the Sami or Samis uh, mingled their private parts with Germans, basically mm -hmm. Germanic tribes. And that is what resulted in back Made then. a bunch of crazy motherfuckers. What, it was the Vikings. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, those people were probably pretty calm people. And then they met the freaking Germans and went nuts, right, with the Vikings. So. Another fun fact, by the way, <laughs> with those berserkers, that they said that they would wear their coats, their, their pelts inside out to, this is the other tale, that they'd wear their pelts inside out, that it would drive them crazy because it would be so itchy that that's hot, what would yeah. make, yeah, itchy and hot. And that's what would make them want to get them off so fast. And that's why they would want to finish battle. So they would just fucking go berserk. Right. And then go take off their pelts. <laughs> Which is that name berserk is a reference to the berserkers going mm -hmm. crazy. But yeah, it's, it's, 
I often I, I'm proud to be part of that you know um, lineage, but at the same time I'm like those guys must have had a fucked up life. <laughs> having to turn her shit inside out mm -hmm. just to go to battle. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, <laughs> just to get revved up, <laughs> just to get them pissed off. <laughs> Pretty sure they didn't need too much help with that. Uh, but let's, you know, quickly go over how important mushrooms in general have been. If you think about it, they are literally a cultural symbol. If you look back over time, just from when you were a kid, the first mushroom you thought of, wasn't that an Amanita? I mean, in your mm -hmm. head, Mm -hmm. It was it was that mushroom, and it was probably because of fairy tales. Uh, no, no, it was in just Wonderland. No, well, I say that loosely speaking. Oh, okay, but, okay. But I mean, basically, it's a fairy tale. I mean, it's it's something that is completely made up. <laughs> well, yes, yes, but <laughs> nonetheless, fairy tales had this symbol, this Amanita muscari, and it was very. It seemed like it was always had that you know, intonation of some sort of weird psychedelic feeling to it. Mm -hmm. But no one, you don't, we don't know why. If you look back, there's no correlation and it's so ambiguous. We don't know why it's always been like that. Because it was be, it was like that before Alice in Wonderland. Right. And if you look at the original illustrations for Alice in Wonderland, they weren't Amanitas. No. They were just, actually to me, it looked like almost like a Liberty cap to me. They were just mushrooms. But they just looked like mushrooms. They yeah. looked like giant mushrooms. Generic mushrooms. Yeah. So, but interesting enough in the story, when she ate the mushrooms, they made her larger and smaller. larger. And then she had to eat them again to be smaller, which again is weird. Goes back to how the Amanitas caused that anyway. Again, that wasn't added into Alice in Wonderland theme until actually the countercultures like in the 60s. Uh, when Grateful Dead, you know, was big and that culture really uh, sprung up, which is our really first good positive movement. And Super Mario's came out or the Mario Brothers. Well, I was going to get out. to that. But this Grateful Dead really did uh, inspire this psychedelic movement and art and right. culture. Right. And that's really where the Amanita got solidified. That's where the Amanita got solidified with Alice in Wonderland, with the the worm. Mm -hmm. That's when it became the cat. Me, you know, the the illustrations, the artwork, the, the worm on the mushrooms, the smoking the hookah. That was all counterculture. And it did say that it started with all of it, like the Amanita mushroom, along with there was a hookah sitting there and stuff, right. and then it died off just to the Amanita and right. turned into just the mushroom <laughs> to say, oh, well, this is yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's funny how it kind of really grew in that era. And then, like you said, then right after that, we kind of run into some modern game stuff, whereas Super Mario, that's an Amanita. Mm -hmm. Clearly. Clearly an Amanita. And funny enough, he has to eat it to become who? larger. Super Mario, mm -hmm. who becomes larger. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, it really just, it could be coincidental, but. It's amazingly like if you're a conspiracy theorist, come on, guys. Right. You got to get on board on this shit. Right. <laughs> it's just too coincidental. No. You so, don't see it. <laughs> you don't see it. But it's it's really become this this cultural symbol. So if you were to put up, even probably in front of a kid, uh, Amanita, mm -hmm. there's some intonation of some magical fairy tale style weirdness. Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we just don't know why. No. Other than it's, it could be, it could be that Amanitas were truly the first mushroom that we as humans got. I mean, think about it. They're bright. 
bright yellow, red, oranges, purples with bright white spots, mm-hmm. very visible, pretty, growing under birch trees, the trees you of get life. get mixed up. There is a big difference in you them. Get mixed up. <laughs> it's not hard to recognize them. So I can see it being one of the first. And, it, and, and I often wonder that is if it was the first. Interesting enough, it does show up again in other spots, a few books even. Uh, Seven Sisters of Sleep was put out, I believe in 1900 sometime early. It was a book by a guy named Cook, and it was about different drugs at the time mm-hmm. that were were psychoactive. Right. And one of the specific ones was listed was Amanita. It was listed along with hashish or, or cannabis, essentially opium. Uh, there was some benzodiazepines at that time. I don't know if it was like Valium. I don't think it was Valium. But there was some benzo type uh, disassociatives back then that were listed. But like I said, if, Interesting enough, Amanita was a specific one that they listed right. in there. Another one I was thinking of is uh, that tribe that used to use it for their elderly or their sick, basically people who were dying. They would give them a whole bunch, like a, a large, large dose of Amanita, and then they would cause them to go to sleep and they would wake up feeling good. And then when they'd start to feel crummy again, then they'd give them more Amanitas and then they'd sleep for a couple of days. And it, they said that this was their way of making them feel comfortable until they died. I think it was probably the morphine. Of it their was tribe. basically the morphine of their tribe. But what better fucking way to go out than having a delusional trip on the way out? I would much rather safely have my trip than give me, you know, man-made drugs that are going to completely numb everything about yeah, me and, and turn so my sure, brain off. Well, I'm not so sure they had any man-made drugs back then. They didn't have man-made drugs. That's my <laughs> no, point. But I if I were to cho- choose this day yes, and age, I yes. would choose Amanita over. Right. Fucking morphine any day. Right. Well, and the, and the point was for them, that was the Chuchki tribe. Yes. That yes, would do that. That tribe. Yeah. But what basically uh, they were, I think the actual people were choosing to do it. I don't think they were like necessarily making them either. No. It but, was these, their but these, but these elderly, yeah, the elderly that, to it. yeah, the elderly that were sick and essentially dying. Yes. They would give them. They did say that women, children, Everybody used it. It's not like it was portioned off to you have to be this age in order to do it. They said everybody was the user of an Amanita too. Sure, sure, sure. Well, and it was just accepted as anything else. Yeah, it's not like it was. Funny enough, I mean, they must have had, I don't know that they had full control over it, but like I said, we don't form it to this day. So uh, I know that it's not like, you know, we don't pop open an IG page and see a bunch of Amanita growers. So, right. (laughs) Keep in mind that, the, you know, after that book, though, there was like the sacred mushroom and the cross. I imagine if you're in a psychoactive culture, you probably heard of this, but that was a book by John Allegro. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting book in, in the sense that I'm just going to, I'm going to get right to the point. It was basically, he felt like a lot of the book was metaphorical and that Jesus essentially was a mushroom, an Amanita mushroom, or as he put it, God's penis with, no, a yes. penis with God's jizz on it is how yes. it was explained. And I, I God's don't penis with jizz on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not I am not trying to be graphic on purpose. I am actually literally telling you what he was saying yes. in this book. So uh, I'm not quoting anything. I'm just saying that's what he related it to literally yes. with those words. So what it boiled down to is that uh, you know, when he was doing his research for this book, he was looking at a lot of artwork and a lot of text and he was doing his own, you know basically transcribing and his own um, work on, on these old texts. And he was seeing that in the artwork that there was a lot of these artistic things that looked like Amanitas. Mm-hmm. 
it's really hard to say with that because there is a lot of there's a psychological condition where if you're into something you see a lot of it it's yeah. no different than buying a new car and you hadn't seen them before and then you buy it and now every other car you see is the same one what was the analogy if you have a hammer <laughs> everything starts to look like a nail exactly something like that anyway uh but i don't know i'm not saying that's that's true either way if you look at the artwork there is some semblance to it and uh, whether it is or not, I can see how it could be a factor in religion. I know that psychedelics have been factors in probably most religions. Right. And I would imagine at some point, even in Christianity, hope I'm not stepping on anybody's beliefs, but that I don't see why psychedelics wouldn't have been involved in it. Obviously, it, it's not. And it did hit that topic, actually. Yeah. They said that they believe that that's, that could be how the Bible had been written as psychedelics of how the stories of of them came right. around. And there's even speculation that the fruit of the tree could have been a mushroom. Mushrooms grow from the ground. They are fruit from the ground. And Vikings looked at the trees of life, like these birch trees. They looked at these fruits, these mushrooms that grew underneath as literally the fruits of the tree. But they also did say that they used to take the mushrooms from the ground and they used to put them into the trees to dry. Well, okay. And so maybe they did find them in the trees. Right, right, right. Well, and, and we're kind of, this is bouncing around a bit, but this also go back to the Christmas thing where all these bright red and white things that mm -hmm. grow around this tree of life kind of looks like a bunch of presents yes. and gifts. And just like I said, they do take them from the ground and they and put them into them the tree, which would explain the ornaments. ornaments. Yes. Yeah. So that does kind of cover those two But angles. that's what I was using it. Maybe that's the tree of life. Maybe that's what had happened. Maybe someone was there previously and had picked those mushrooms and put them up in the oh, tree. Oh, sure. And then they were handed to Eve. And so they were drying. So they were ready to eat. They were already. Maybe that's what it was. I can see that. Maybe I the can snake see. did it. And to call a fruit, like if you were to have a, a basic belief and foundation in religion, like the fact that Eve ate this fruit, of the tree, you know, what was it? The, if you eat this fruit, you gain all knowledge or whatever mm -hmm. of good and evil. Well, I can imagine if you ate a fruit of the tree of life, which is part of history, this birch trees, tree of life. If you eat the fruit of the tree of life and they claim that you're learning, you know, all knowledge of the known universe, all the good and evil. I can see that being a mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> I can see eating that mushroom and you come out of it two hours, six hours later and be like, and going, I just figured out the universe because I've done it on mushrooms. I figured it out like three times. All right. Yeah. So for me, I'm comfortable with that it, speculation, whatever, but I'm comfortable with that being a possibility for sure. Mm -hmm. Because uh, <laughs> like I said, mushrooms have infiltrated not only people, cultural society, but they've infiltrated religions and beliefs and mm -hmm. philosophies and our minds. And back then you wouldn't get scolded by your quote unquote God for doing something like that. Exactly. In and fact, now, they, now the church makes it out to be a drug or they put it all into a category. Sin. It's a sin. It's a sin. It's a category. It's all in a its own category. So it's like, think about that too. You know, I'm not trying to deter anybody from religion. I'm just telling you that that's how much it's changed. Is back then it used to be part of part the religion. Of, yes. And now it's a sin. Yeah. And and it could be that all religion is a stem from one religion or, you know, one of something. So we got deep. <laughs> Whew, let's step down off that pedestal. <laughs> you know, just to, to end this, I know we've kind of bounced around quite a bit, but I just wanted to mention how it kind of 
You know, it relates to cannabis not only because it is a psychoactive substance. Mm -hmm. It relates because it's a positive psychoactive substance. It helps us in many ways and it has potential to be a huge medicine for us. Uh, but it's also related in the sense that it's all mushrooms and trees and plants and all these things that grow from the ground are all connected. We've talked about over and over and over the mycorrhizal network. Mm -hmm. Mushrooms literally are mycorrhizae. They are what we've been talking about with cannabis for this whole time. Mm -hmm. And the two different kinds, this is how this kind of connects endomycorrhizae versus ectomycorrhizae. We know ecto, it travels quite far, quite big distances. Those networks are huge. Those networks include uh, trees and certain kinds of bushes and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, amazing, huge networks. Um, those ecto networks produce fruiting bodies. That is the mushrooms. So when you see an amanita, it is an ectomycorrhizae and the amanita mushroom is its fruit. Mm -hmm. um, now, cannabis doesn't really necessarily utilize ectomycorrhizae. It utilizes endomycorrhizae. And keep in mind that endomycorrhizae does not have fruiting bodies. No. Nope. This is the thing. That's With <laughs> cannabis, you can have them in pots and have them perform because they don't need ecto. Endo. networks they have endo networks they can be contained in that pot but that's a little science and how it, it kind of connects with uh cannabis i thought you it, said this was endo this tastes more like ecto <laughs> sorry i, I don't know what ecto i don't know what mycorrhizae tastes like i don't know if i want to smoke mushrooms because we've already looked this up and you don't get what you want when you smoke them yeah so for the people that haven't tried this don't try it uh, we've done some research, and apparently when you combust And mushroom, by the way, when we say we've done some research, that does not mean we did it <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust me. Now, we've talked about, you know, talking shit about maybe taking a mushroom concentrate dab, which seems like you would not want to do. That seems like that would be <laughs> dangerous. But apparently, right. yeah, apparently upon research, psilocybin, when it is combusted, breaks uh, that molecule breaks down into something not psychoactive. And so it's no fun. You're so just smoking a mushroom. You're just <laughs> having a bad taste in the mouth for a couple hours. You're just tasting a smoked mushroom. What is interesting, though, on that side note is that I wonder about mushroom concentrates. Now, that's something that is a you know potential for us to try, but uh, I've never tried it. No. And uh, I imagine it's something that's going to come along more and more these days. It's just like a THC cartridge. It's convenient. It's mm -hmm. small. It doesn't have and more compact that you can fit more into a smaller amount. Yeah. And apparently, I mean, you can do, uh, you know, you can do uh, some sort of ethanol solvent washes or something to do this. So. Well, powder compared to the uh, to the extract, what was it? 3.5 in a in a capsule compared to not even a gram in a capsule? Each one was 3.5? Yes. Yeah, so that's pretty potent. So it was potent. like an eighth in each pill. And each capsule would in be each an capsule, eighth. Yeah. Yes. And, and that so was wasn't a even a lot of concentrate. No, and that was so about a quarter between those two each. So there was about half there, a half an ounce. Or, yeah. 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 In four capsules. Mm -hmm. In four capsules. And then all the rest of those were single grams, he says, a little under single grams. See, and this is where it becomes a little bit, it's one thing to have an ounce of weed around and, or even concentrate, um, but to have that kind of potency on a psychedelic, that's, I don't know if I'd trust some average citizens to leave that no. in their care. <clears throat> I can see animals and kids and stuff 
man, you don't want your 10 year old or your five year old. They don't need that kind of um, stimulation. No, no. And um, yeah, I think that would be a concern. I don't know how people will treat that if it becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that our initiative is going to lean towards having controlled settings and obviously that would be the way to go. And having a rec market for psychedelics is probably a long, long ways down the road. But even if we did at some point, boy, it would be a tough scenario right? with stuff like concentrates. Yeah. Like I can see, you know, rec being buying ate the mushrooms mm-hmm. uh, or maybe just ground up caps, but not definitely not concentrates. concentrates yet. No, I think or, that's a, a or, little bit. Well, just like it was with uh, cannabis concentrates, it was kind of a, Right. What's that? That's bad. That's potent. <laughs> That's it potent. It's scary. Well, and I imagine they could have cartridges for mushroom, you know, for psilocin, for psilocybin. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could. So I, I just don't know. Things that would have to be worked out, but it does add a sense of a little bit more scariness to it. Right. Because I mean, even, you know, with our past, you know, if I had something that I felt shouldn't be in the hands of anybody else, that it goes into a safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a safe in your home is good for a psychoactive culture. Yes, it is. Having even a small one that you can put in items that needs to be kept safe mm-hmm. <laughs> is a good thing. Make sure your batteries work. And I mean, if you're a gun owner, you already know that. You already probably got a safe, so perfect. But on that flip side in Oregon, you can't be a gun owner and an OMMP patient. No, that's why. I think the OMMP program is going to just fizzle bad. We've seen troubles with it this year. We've yes. seen OLCC get involved to, to the point where they're they're going to pull cards or licenses, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. They're gonna they're gonna punish people. Yes, and it's not going to be with fines. If you are an OLCC person and OM and an OMMP patient, or working in the industry, just watch your ass. Just just make sure you're doing what you're supposed to. Follow the rules. You know, it's the law. Follow it. Nobody is nobody is you know, good enough to, to hide from the law. What no, is that? and it just, it seems like as people have been worried about, you know, they just, people are starting to literally just look at medical cards, whether that's OLCC or, or people for guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, so now if you got a card, people are now knowingly, which I know they have in the past, but now they're just saying, look, we're going to, you know, control this. You can't have a gun and we're going to be watching you when you make a purchase. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Like I said, it seems like the cards are getting a little. Yeah. Or just follow the rules if you have one. It's not hard to follow. It's, you, you can buy five grams of dabs a day. You can buy up to eight ounces of flour a day. Pretty damn sure you ain't going to smoke through that in one day. <laughs> Guarantee you. I heart check you. Please do it. Send me a video. <laughs> um, you're not going to go through, like, seriously, 16 ounces of edibles is what you can buy. Yeah, some people, they might be able to eat that if you're a recreational person, but this is medical, so medical doses, whole lot higher. Now, how many uh, grams of concentrate for medical? Grams of concentrate is five. You can only get five grams of concentrate. Only five, but, and and that counts for RSO, that counts also for cartridges and for dabs. So if you get an RSO, you get a dab, and you get like two cartridges, you can only get five grams total of everything. Yeah, it's a mix and match. Yes. Um, because of the milligrams in that uh, RSO, I think, and in the, in the consistency, it's considered the same extract. Yeah. 
But it's like you could buy so much stuff that as a medical person that I don't know why you couldn't follow those rules unless you're doing just that and breaking the rules. Yeah. You're yeah. either reselling it or you're letting all your friends use your card mm-hmm. um, or buying stuff for other people on your card. Mm-hmm. Then you're missing out on your own. You spend your fucking money on that. Then use it yeah. for yourself. That's what it's for. Yeah. Well, and they're coming down on it. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the deal. It's been out long enough. Like these programs have been out long enough now. The gray areas are gone. Yeah. The gray areas are gone. They know what you can and can't do. And they know where people have pushed those limits. And those young people that are coming in want to try and play ignorant. Well, guess what? (laughs) They don't let you play ignorant. You better know your laws if you have a medical person or you don't get your medical card. Just yeah. that's that's just how they feel. If you don't educate yourself, it you don't deserve it. Yeah. And so it's like, just uh, I was talking to uh to Lee the other day, and she said that that's what it would be like if they were to get pulled over. If they don't know the laws, that's their problem, not the OLCCs. It's nobody else's problem but the person who is in the OLCC working as an OLCC person or licensed person that. As the laws change, you should always have something that is updating you. Yeah. And they, you know, they're not just particular, like, they're not just picking on bud tenders or picking on medical card holders. I mean, they are, like, I saw the other day how if you don't follow the times on Google Maps, like, you have to be within. Yeah. And then you also have to have your car has to be on your manifests, like, if yeah. you use a different car that day, either way, your manifests have to match the car that you're driving. Right, right. And all your laws have to be with you. All your proper licenses, everything has to line up. It doesn't matter who you are, even if you're a delivery driver, if you are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They don't so give now, a fuck. So now these guys are just throwing packs out the window. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> tuck and roll, tuck and roll. Just be ready. I'm on my way. Have one of those shirt guns. You just load it up with a pack. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your shipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. But what's funny is they don't, They. It, I don't know if they give you an amount of time. I know that most of our people, that if they come in, they get to bullshit and, and they're in there for a while. Well, it's destination. So once once you're at where you're supposed yes. to be, you're good. But I don't know if they have like as a as a bud tender, I don't know if my sales reps have time limits that they're supposed oh. to stay in each place. Well, that might be up to the company. <laughs> it might be up to the company because sometimes we can keep them talking for a long time because, you know, we we are told that we're their favorite favorite know, place well, to go by samples. bud tenders and <laughs> it's not even about the samples. They're cool people. We that's why we like our vendors is Everybody's good people. Everybody's happy for Christmas. And that's why they like to shop at their all right well that's and keep in mind you know cannabis is a good christmas gift you can always get one for your grandma who can't sleep mm-hmm. i've you know it's it's nice to have a cartridge for when your joints are hurting yeah and or uh, just give them a little and you don't have to order that sheet and go right down to the dispensary and grab it yeah just give them a little <laughs> mushrooms too that would work just keep in mind it is federally illegal to send through the mail do not send via mail <laughs> Bring it to him in his present when you see him next. There you go. There you go. We appreciate everyone in this whole year. We had a really good year. We didn't pick up till May because we had our little hiatus. Mm-hmm. But all in all, from May on to here, we've you know had a great year. We've done very well. We had good episodes. Spotify numbers came out and they were good. I put them on the IG, you know, uh, just really happy that everybody that did come on did come on. 
Um, you know, and we're going to thank him on, you know, one of our, we'll make a video. We'll I think, do it around New Year's. Yeah. And thank everybody for the year. You know what I think? I think that we have what, one or two interviews before the end of the year. And then yep. we're probably going to be back after the new year. We got, I think like two left. I got one, um, that's a surprise for yep. our, uh, psychoactive culture psychedelic side and i've got benson arbor coming for our new year special so we got two killer ones coming up one's a surprise of who it is the other one is going to be ben's like i said benson arbor noah from benson arbor and those guys are awesome when it comes to that sun grown and outdoor yes that will kick off that will end our that'll be our new year's special to start out 2020 2020 is going to be huge Mm -hmm. we got the studio now we got that down and I mean, it's nothing but uh, just pushing it now. Uh, you know, this year slowed down, but you know, we got things are going to be lined up real tight for for next year. Hell yeah! So we're going to produce a lot of content and a lot of good stuff right out the gate for 2020 and make it our decade. Yep, make it our year. Be the Oregon rooted decade. So, and like I said, we're bringing out other podcasts. We're bringing out different avenues. We're opening our Patreon. YouTube is going to get better now. Right now. We got some pretty cool, a handful of good people on YouTube that we're, we're just starting to develop. All our podcast episodes are there, but we just haven't developed a video. I mean, you've done, no. you've done a great job putting out stuff with pictures and stuff. It's great. I try to keep you amused. Yeah, it, <laughs> and it does. The people that do comment are, are happy. Um, but we're going to develop that video side. I've been, been doing a lot of testing in the studio as we've been doing interviews. I've been doing my camera work, getting it all worked out so that when you start releasing this stuff, It'll be good. Right. But it'll be much more like you would like on YouTube where you can see us talk. You can see the guests and be interactive with that. Hell yeah. Um, all the extra stuff, though, will be going on Patreon. I mean, we're going to treat our subscribers good. The people that have helped us and donated in the past need to get some better stuff. <laughs> so that will be the stuff that they can enjoy. Right. And that'll be just a lot of behind the scenes. It'll be a lot of extra videos. We're going to add extra interviews in there every month. Um Maybe we'll be bringing back some oldies. Yeah, we'll, we'll always have some old stuff that we'll be able in there. We're going to have clips that no one else is going to hear. We're going to have educational stuff that won't be out. We're going to have, like I said, a bunch of more stuff about our personal uh, arena, whether that is in studio or what happens behind when we're interviewing, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just develop the website. So we appreciate you hanging in there. Appreciate this year. Have a good holiday. Be safe. Travel. Smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> I would hold off on Amanitas for a while until you get some. some Maybe research. don't get all Christmas on us and put those Amanitas. Start out with start out with Cubensies. <laughs> Take it slow. Remember, though, there are legal situations around the world. So wherever you're at, be aware of your legal rights and situations and laws and follow them accordingly. We do not support getting in trouble. No. Nope. Practice safely. Practice privately. Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Hanukkah. Christmas. All right. Whatever you. You celebrate, celebrate it hard. Yep. And be safe. (laughs) Oregon love. Oregon love. Stay rooted.